Would you please stand in honor of the word? I'm going to adapt a little bit about what we are reading in scripture today and the rest of the scripture you'll get in the body of the sermon. I'm going to read to you from Matthew 9, chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. Thank y'all. I threw you a curveball. We view our fathers differently depending on where we are in life. If you asked a four-year-old his opinion of his dad... He might say, my dad can do anything. If you asked a seven-year-old, they might say, my dad knows a lot, a whole lot. At nine, you might get, my dad doesn't quite know everything. And at 12, well, naturally, dad doesn't know that either. And at 14, you hit the teenage years, and it's, Dad is just so out of it. At 20, there's the belief that dad is just really old-fashioned. But by the time you're 25, it turns around a bit, and you decide dad knows a little bit. Maybe not a whole lot, but he knows a little bit. By 30, you're asking your dad's opinion, and by 35... You say, you know, before we before we make a decision, let's 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 get dad to guide us. By forty, you're wondering what your dad would think about everything. And by fifty-five, you know that dad does know everything. You reach an age in which you long to talk to your father, because your father has gone on. And so it is with the life cycle that we have relationship with our fathers. Austin Stone, who is a worship planner, wrote the following about the longing for a father and a father's love. We long for the perfect protection of a father, for strong arms that encircle us, holding us tight to a broad chest and a beating heart, Arms that will toss us up into the air, screaming with laughter and a little fear, even though we know those arms will always catch us. Y'all just turned into four-year-olds, didn't you, on hearing that? From the moment we gasp our first breath of air, we long for the perfect father. We long for a father who sacrifices, who lays down his time to play games, to read our favorite book just one more time, to take a long walk, and to listen, to reach deep into his pocket and pull out that dollar and change for an ice cream, maybe two or three, who reaches deeper 
to provide a good home, good food, and good gifts. We long for a father who will always protect, always cheer, and always sacrifice. Some of us are blessed to find bits and pieces of these longings met in human form, like, like sun through stained glass, a brilliant picture illuminated by our Father in heaven who fully satisfies our longings. We thank God for fathers who protect, who encourage with strong words and convictions, fathers willing to sacrifice, striving to love. We must remember that no human father can perfectly satisfy. Look up and know that your father in heaven gave you these longings and only he can perfectly fulfill them. His strong arms protect. His words bring light and life. His perfect sacrifice draws us to his side where we can hear his heart beating with perfect love for us. As we celebrate our fathers on earth today, giving thanks for the longing and the love, we give most thanks for our Father in heaven. That's a beautiful synopsis. I can just, when I read that, I just pictured being a little girl and giggling when dad would toss me up into the air and, and just loving the way that he just nurtured me. And I was blessed. Everyone isn't blessed with a good father, but I was blessed with a good father who built relationship with me, who has prayed for me my entire life. He protected me by placing limits and rules on me as I grew up. And though they were strict, I was still able to live a full life. I did basically everything I wanted to do. Well, almost everything. But he trusted me, and I trusted him in return and his guidance. He became a person that I wanted to pattern my life after. A father has a unique opportunity to train a child in the way that he or she should go. I have a, a friend, and this was about 40 years ago that he had a summer job, and his father taught him a great lesson with that summer job. You see, he had a monopoly on mowing lawns for his neighborhood. It was a big neighborhood. And he was bragging about it to his dad one day. He said, yeah, dad, I've got every person in the neighborhood as the customer on my lawn service. My $10 an hour is going to add up really quick, especially Miss Reynolds' yard. And his dad stopped and he said, son, you know, Miss Reynolds' husband died last year. Well, yes, sir, that's why she needs her lawn mode. Son, you're not going to charge her. You're going to mow her yard for free. And he said, but Dad, hers is the biggest yard. He said, you will understand. But this is the greatest, this is, you will get more out of not, charging her for mowing her yard than you will get out of the money you gain for the others. He understands that lesson now. He didn't get it then, but he understands it now. A few months ago, I was at my parents' home, and I began to have a little more insight 
as to why my dad had the discernment that he does. You see, I found a little handwritten journal, and I never knew he did this, but apparently when he sits down with his Bible, he'll date a page. His handwriting's not the best, but I, I can get through it. But he'll date a page, and he'll put a scripture abbreviation there, and he'll put just one or two words for that scripture. And he'll write down a prayer request or two, and it's just one or two words. But in those one or two words, he finds the daily sustenance that he needs to be a wise and discerning father. I knew that he had prepared for Bible study over the years, but I'd never imagined that he had such a personal journal. It was the journal that would get him through my mother's death, and he, it's the journal that will get him through his mourning now. He has the compassion of Christ, just as my friend's father has the compassion of Christ. This passage from Matthew is calling out to men, to disciples, to have a compassionate and loving heart. So I have a question for you today. Do you understand your mission based on the model of Jesus' ministry? The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. When Jesus saw those crowds, this is, I'm going to work in the rest of the scripture, so I'll let you read it when you go home on, on the chapter 10 portion. But Jesus saw crowds, and he had compassion on them. They were weary, and they were worn out. They were like sheep without a shepherd, according to the scriptures. Well, compassion is not something that we... Um, encounter in our conversations every day. Compassion is something that is modeled. It's one of the strongest attributes a parent can have. As a father, as a single parent, as head of household, it is up to you to reassure the family when the going gets tough. Jesus saw the crowds were weary and that they were worn like sheep without a shepherd. One of the calls to fathers is to step up. When today's language we say man up. Not sure that's a real good saying, but that's what we say. And, and, he, and just as Jesus is calling these disciples to step up and take the mantle of leadership as a shepherd would, he is calling on men to step forward. This doesn't mean that you carry a big crooked stick like a shepherd and use it to move the family around. What it means is that you are to guide with your discernment and your wisdom and the word. You are to guide your family compassionately along a path that leads them towards Christ. At times, any or all of your family will become weak and worn but they are not sheep without a shepherd when you fulfill your call. The need for compassionate and solid family leadership is so great that we, we have to have Jesus guiding us as we go. We are called into a need within our family structures, within our communities, for those who are fatherless to step up 
Jesus tells the disciples that they are to pray for those to come to the harvest field to be workers. It's an urgent, urgent need. When is the last time you prayed to God about a decision that you had to make? If you doubt the ability of a father figure who is not necessarily a biological father to make a difference, I want to tell you about a friend of mine. He lives in um, northwest Georgia, and when he was five years old, his father walked out on his family. He had men who stepped up in his life who became fathers to him. And after 50 years, he has finally, through their love and compassion, decided to drop the grudge against God and accept Christ as his Savior. He wrote on his Facebook wall this morning a note to the father who abandoned him, and he said, this is the first time since I was five years old that I will wish you a happy Father's Day. You see, Christ loves me in spite of my faults, so I'm going to choose to love you in spite of yours. I'm going to choose to remember the good in you. As I have started doing that, I have seen the good in you that is also in me. And I don't want to be bitter. So today I'm telling you that I love you, Dad. Happy Father's Day. It followed with another post that said, I wouldn't be where I am without the spiritual fathers in my life. I would be lost. Somebody stepped up when he was weak, when he was worn, and when he was lost, and they made a difference that will make a difference to others. Fatherly leadership is critical. Our families can get lost going here, there, and everywhere, and I'm, I'm from a family of four children, and believe me, we were, every single one of us, going in a different direction can any of y'all testify to that? And it's great. A family's made up of individuals, but the family unit needs to be strong. The father has a critical role in that. It's not just the decisions you make. It's the way that you spend your time. The tale is told of a businessman who was constantly punctual to the point of being there 20 to 30 minutes ahead of time and on this particular day everything had gone wrong and he was running late and he didn't like to run late he also made it a priority to say goodbye to his children in the morning and that particular morning he decided that the business meeting had to take priority so he ran out the door hopped in his car and went down the street all the while his daughter who was getting ready for school is running down the stairs going, wait, Daddy! She was having a, a particular day at school in which she was going to be honored. And she knew he couldn't come, but she, she wanted to just thank him for all that he had done for her. And she called him on his cell and she said, you left and you didn't say goodbye. 
And he apologized, and he explained the importance of his meeting. And, and she said, okay, Dad. And she tried to be gracious, just like he had taught her to be. She ate her breakfast. She headed out the door. And when she set foot outside, a tear rolled down her cheek. Her dad was there in the driveway sitting in his car. And he hopped out, and he went up and he hugged her, and he kissed her on the cheek, and he says, it is so important that I tell you how proud I am of you. I want you to know that you are my priority. My family is our priority. Our family is my priority. I can imagine that years later, she still remembers what he did for her that day. Whereas someone might or might not remember that they were late, that he was late to that business meeting. Fathers, no matter how old their children are, are called to love, to continue to give sage advice. And yes, you do know a lot. Amen? Jesus has sent the disciples out. He has sent us out to be compassionate men and women if we listen for his guidance, if we open our hearts and our minds to him, he can lead us like the shepherd we need so that we can then go into the world and do as he instructed in the scripture saying, go and announce the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, clean those with skin infirmities, and drive out demons. And yes, you might say that's an interesting list for 2017. But I believe there's some truth in it. There's some humor in it, too. So I'm going to see if y'all are listening. When he tells us to go out and preach, he, he tells us to go out and not stand in a pulpit and give a message like I'm doing right now, but he tells us to go out and live in a way that the message of Christ is proclaimed with an urgency because the kingdom is at hand. He wants us to share the good news, to lead families. Perhaps it's putting a, a, a text out middle of the day just with a scripture verse on it, or just something to say, I'm proud of you, I love you, or whether it's to your spouse or your children, to your parents, for those of us who are children, to just communicate and honor that relationship. But for dads, we like to hear the good news from you. We like to know that there is a Savior who loves us, and that your love for us is modeled after his. We're called to heal the sick. And, and it may not literally be calling us to heal the sick, as in going into the hospital and do it, but we have times in our life when we are just sickened over things that happened. Yes, we skin our knees. Yes, we get colds. Yes, we have times when we are sick and we need a physician but I can tell you there's nothing better than your mom or dad when you're hurt or when you're sick. I don't care how old you get. Parents are called 
to raise their children up. And, and moms aren't the only ones who are called to minister to our children when they are hurting. They may have a problem that seems insignificant to you, but it might seem insurmountable to them. As far as raising the dead goes, I had an usher tell me after the 8.30 service that sometimes waking his four-year-old is a little bit like raising the dead. I believe that Christ was telling us to bring back to life the spirituality of our children, to keep them from being mired in sin and death and to raise them to a life that is filled with Christ and light and love and hope, teaching them the word of God. Fathers if and, and men, it doesn't matter if you have a, a biological child or not, you are a father figure to somebody. Somebody is watching you and learning from you. If you don't influence the spirituality of your children and those in your community, who will? How will they know the good news if it is not heard? As far as cleansing the ones with skin diseases goes, yes, there may be something that takes you to the dermatologist, but I promise you a child or a grandchild who has been out playing in the mud may look a lot like someone with a skin disease to you, a little bit like a leper. We are called to look past the superficial. Look at what Christ can do. Quite often our children are pulled in the wrong direction by peer pressure. Quite often they are bullied. Quite often they feel at a great distance from the rest of us. And if we can shorten that distance at all, if we can step into their world... We can make a huge difference. And when they make the wrong decisions, and they will. Amen? I know I made wrong decisions. I think each of us in here can say we have, and we know that our children and grandchildren have and will. We need to be there for them in such a way that they, they learn constructive lessons, kind of like my friend who was so excited over Miss Reynolds' yard and the, the paycheck he was going to get from that. And his father taught him that there were more important things. Take opportunities to teach your children, your grandchildren, in a way that empowers them. Jesus also instructs the disciples to drive out demons. What does your child do for entertainment? What are the demons in their life? What are the demons in your life? Where is your focus? We have so many distractions in this day and age of technology. Facebook is a time robber. I admittedly say that right here. And I'm thankful for friends, and I'm thankful for people who will keep me accountable. When I go get lunch with Allison Wallace, she immediately takes my phone, puts it in her handbag, and says, you can have it when we're done. And I just say, yes, ma'am. 
We are called to help one another, maintain a focus, maintain a mission in life that is focused on the good, on the light, on the love, on the hope, on the grace of Christ. And we can get off that track really, really quick. Christ tells his disciples, you have received free of charge. Give free of charge. There's no way that you can be repaid for the work of a father. If you are as lucky as I am, you would know that there is no way that I can ever repay my dad for all that he's done for me. You would understand that about your father. But compensation for what you do is not the goal of fatherhood. When your daughter or son accomplishes something for the first time, when they graduate, when they're married, when they become a parent, when they step forward into the world and take on something that you you never thought was in them, but all of a sudden you see this amazing gift that is God-given, You beam. It's been like this for generations. Everything that you do as fathers, as role models and community, it has an eternal urgency. And it may not seem like it right now on June 18th, 2017. But it has an eternal urgency. What you do in the next hour may shape the course of someone's faith and life. It may be the turning point. It's not going to be easy to be a dad. I have, um, I have a nephew named Jacob who is um, he's expecting his first child on July 28th. We call him Peanut. His official name is Rowan, but I'm going to call him Peanut. Um, Peanut comes into the world with the blessing of two wonderful Christian parents who seek Christ in all they do. He also comes into the world with parents and family who have not always had an easy time. In preparing for fatherhood, these words of wisdom were shared with him. At times you will face hostility both within the walls of your home and from the outside world. The cost of being a father is is so much more than biology. Living as a father in the discipleship of Christ can be painful. It can and it, it will break your heart at times. Because you know what's best for your child and you know what God wants for them and that may not always be the course they choose. You're not among the first father who will face this trial. Those before you have faced the same problems, even in an age without Facebook. Do all you can to raise your child faithfully. Men, if you live a life that is faithful to the gospel in accordance with the teaching of Jesus to his disciples, 
And yes, there's a message for 2017 in the words, heal the sick, drive out the demons, cleanse the lepers. It seems like language that's foreign to us, but it it really isn't. If you've raised your children, if you've lived in community in a way that teaches that gospel, then you can say you have manned up. You have stepped up. You have been faithful to the call. Place your trust in Christ. He will see you through this journey called fatherhood, through the journey of of being a man in this world in which there is great confusion and, and things happen when they shouldn't. When we can turn on the news and see one crisis after another, we need you. We need you to be good fathers and grandfathers, and we need you to be men who are filled with integrity and who seek justice, who love and have compassion in their hearts. That's probably not what's meant by the term man up in the slang, but that is what is meant when a man is called to be a disciple. So I'm calling out to the men in our community, in the families, man up, step up, take the call he's given you. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come before you grateful for men who seek your will, who seek your guidance, who seek to be healers, to be ones who are not afraid to remove barriers, to be ones who are not afraid to step up and hold someone else accountable when, they, when their vision gets astray, when their, their path starts to, um, to fail. We come before you asking for your wisdom, for your discernment, for your Holy Spirit to fill these men that they would feel your presence, that they would know that just a chance encounter can mean so very much. For we know that each and every encounter, no matter how many years it takes a heart to open to you, each and every encounter that, that we have is an opportunity to allow your gospel to break into someone else's life. That is how we change the world through your grace, your sacrifice, and your love. Guide every step we take. Amen.